Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, ladies and gents? You are listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here on this December 11th, 2021 edition of the show. The Knicks are fresh off back to back losses against the Indiana Pacers and the Toronto Raptors, and we're here to talk all about it. Uh, bringing my man Nafi here right now. What's going on, man? How you feeling right now? Not good, bro. But uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to exactly why. Um, at least I could say, like, we, we got our health, you know. Because like, the Knicks ain't helping with the mental health aspect. But physically, you know, we got our health. But uh, how you doing, bro? I, I'm doing all right. I'm thinking about when we were first starting this show back in 2018 and the shit that we were talking about, turmoil, uh, controversy, the Knicks tanking, losing, Zion, drafts. And then we had last season where, you know, it was just W after W after W. And now with with the Knicks being 11 and 13 right now with, with the craziest Twitter takes that there are going on right now, I feel like we're in our element right now. I feel like this this feels like home a little bit. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to agree with you there, bro. Is, uh, that, 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 see, that's how you know you're in a toxic relationship where you're just like the – the dysfunction, the conflict, this is just like, feels cozy. It feels like, oh, okay, this is familiar, all right. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, it's annoying, bro. Like, on yeah. some level, it, it brings back this this little funk we're going through as a team. We'll get to, obviously, like, I feel like our, our true thoughts about it, but, like, what it feels like in the moment right now, it honestly feels like, not to bring back old, or open old wounds, but, like, after the 2012 season, we had the 2013 season. Mm-hmm. That was obviously, you know, uh, set up by the Barnani trade in the offseason. And that was a frustrating, sh- like, it was, it was frustrating just because the same reason this season is frustrating so far. Expectations coming off a high, you know what I mean? And each win and each loss, especially, feel, feels a lot worse. Um, but with this team this season, bro, um, especially coming off last night, man, like, get a fucking rebound, bro. Like, that last, like, when the game was still in our grasp at the end. Toronto kept missing that crucial point where it was just like, I swear they got like four straight offensive rebounds, at least three. And I just like had to like let let loose because I was like infuriated. I was like, come on. Like, that's the biggest. That's it's it's not the issue, but it's it's kind of like an encapsulation of the systemic issues this team is facing. And it's just basically defensively, our effort has been garbage. And then, like, we can't close out possessions when we do play good defense because we have no defensive rebound. And I feel like that little sequence last night just just set it all. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> things are not good. And it's it's it's, it's disgusting. That's what I, what I want to say. But, yeah, you're right, too. To go back to your real point, we it's... It, it, it's annoying, but we're comfortable in 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 you know this this hor- horrific kind of I don't know stagnation or yeah. mediocrity we're facing right now. Yeah, and like everyone's trying to figure out you know what the issues are, what's what's the resolution, how do you get past this? And some of the takes I'm seeing are crazy. You know, people are like, we at least for me it's crazy. I don't know I don't know yet if you agree or, or disagree, but 
People are already throwing out trade Randall right now, get De'Aaron Fox over here. Some people are saying just put Kemba back in the rotation, let D-Rose start, um, start Obi Toppin, put Randall on the bench. You know, shit like that to me, I don't think it makes sense. I don't know quite yet how you feel about him, but, you know. I think it's dumb, bro. We're not going to trade Randall. Like, let's just get there. Let's start convenient. with that one. Do, do, do right, you think then. it would make sense for, for a, a Randall trade? Like, it doesn't make sense for us. I'm still of the opinion that it doesn't make sense to trade Randall unless it's for a clear upgrade that we would package other assets to get, like, a bona fide superstar. And the only reason that would make sense to me is if we know that, like, we're on the precipice of signing another superstar. You know what I mean? You, you trade for one, sign one. But with Randall, the people that just want to, like, blow it up and just go back to tanking or just... Because I've seen that, too. I've seen, like... There's always that, honestly. There's, like... There's parts of that in every fan base when... You know, if you're not a outright contender and, like, your team is still in, like, a win-now phase, but you're going through a slump, there's always going to be the portion of the fan base that's just going to be like, yo, blow it all up, start from scratch. And Randall, he's the he's the big money guy that we paid the extension to. He's the guy that's going to get all that heat, and rightfully so. He's Mr. All-NBA, All-Star. Um, a lot of the hate he does get or a lot of the criticism he does get, it feels disproportionate. Like, people say he's the number one reason for us. As a, you know, he's the number one reason for us being down, you know, two games below 500. I don't, I'm not one of those people, but the, I don't want to say those people are dumb that have angst for Randall, but the people that want to like ship him off and go young, we're going to be right back where we started. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be another tank period where we're going to try to go into free agency, try to maintain flexibility and then not get somebody because that's how we ended up with Randall. You know what I mean? We went in with flexibility in the summer. We swung at the big fish we didn't get the big fish so we got a, a consolation prize and that consolation prize turned into a halfway decent asset and now he's like with the whole team the shine is kind of wearing off a little bit you know what i mean um but no that's my opinion i think you got to keep Randall at this stage what about you you trying to trying to package him for like cj mccollum and like three picks it it, it makes no sense to do that at this point because also you know Shout out to CJ McCollum. He got, he man's going through it right now. He had a collapsed lung, so I don't know how he how oh, he's shit. out for. Um, so maybe not maybe not CJ, but like De'Aaron Fox is a name. And the reason why I'm bringing it up because you know we we've seen trade Randall tweets since like game like six or game two um, when the Knicks lost that game, and you know the difference now is that I'm starting to hear content creators who have been in the game for a long time starting to throw that suggestion out too and that that came as a shocker to me and you know they're mm. they're saying i'm not i'm not gonna you know name any names but they're saying you know it might make sense to check out a randall for De'Aaron fox trade to me that doesn't make sense because De'Aaron fox hasn't you know as great of a player as he is he's young he has he has potential he's not a good shooter he hasn't been on a team that's won games at all i mean he's he's, he's part of the sacramento kings and if you're gonna trade Randall for Fox, is he really gonna raise the ceiling on this team? I don't think so. I don't. I don't know if he's gonna raise the floor of this team if you swap out Randall for for De'Aaron Fox. And you gotta you gotta think of the consequences that's gonna be on the team once you trade Randall. Everyone else isn't gonna suddenly start playing much better. Randall is at the end of the day the leader of the team. That's been established last season. He kind of just he's the one who sets the tone, and that's what he's been doing. And this season, you know, I can't I can't speak for his game this season and why he's playing the way he's playing, but you know, he, he is at the end of the day, the leader of this team. Um, so 
I, I don't think it's smart to do it unless you go for a big fish. It has to be like a top 15 player or if you know maybe even top 20 player if you're going to trade Randall. Otherwise, it just doesn't make much sense. Everyone else, though, outside of RJ, IQ, and Obi, I'm okay with. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about a trade, like I'm in, I'm in the same opinion. If you want to get – if you're going to pursue Fox, you would want to pursue him as a compliment to Randall is my take. Um, because swapping the two just doesn't seem to do anything for me. Like, yeah, I guess conceptually it makes sense if, because Fox is a couple years younger. He probably fits with our, our young core a little better. But, like, to your point, it's just like I feel like we're just kind of – it's a treadmill move. We'll be moving in place, basically. We're not really, like, making a big dent either way. In fact, I think Julius is a better player than Fox right now anyway, so it's probably a downgrade in that regard. Maybe better for the future, but downgrade in the temp- temporary sense. But Agreed. The trade, so ironically enough, we just did come off the Raptors game, but prior to that, we had the Pacers game. And we got just straight-up punk by a team that literally just put out a press release the day before saying, oh, we're going to tank, guys. Everybody's on sale. They literally damn near went up and down their roster, stuck a price tag on everybody. Mm-hmm. Like Sabotis, two first-rounders. Miles Turner gave us a first-rounder and a rookie. Some shit like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this team just straight up, like, punked us. Um, but I say that to say that it's ironic that all that, you know, the Miles Turner heat can't, is coming back around. And he's the name I, I, I'd honestly pursue right now. Um I remember when we previously brought up the idea of trading for Miles Turner. This is prior to the season, and this is back when there was still a substantial amount of belief in Mitch's potential. And I remember at the time, you and I were just like, you wouldn't trade. Like, I get why they would go, go for Miles Turner, but we personally, or I personally, want to give up Mitch because I believe in his potential to be better than Turner. But I see it right now that Tur- at I see it at the moment. Turner is a better player. Now, we've seen enough of Mitch's fourth season, his contract year, to the point where I want to say that like I'm a believer in his long term potential, but I don't think it's going to happen here. And I think right now, I have no hesitations about including him in a deal for Miles Turner. And I don't think Indy would take just Mitch. You obviously have to throw in the first round pick, the Charlotte pick. I think the Kemba contract to make it work, and fuck Knox, you know what I mean? Do like do that as a three for one deal, but then you know you. But point being, I think Miles Turner is a move that makes a lot more sense, and I feel like he wouldn't solve everything because there are some systemic issues I alluded to earlier. But I do think one of the big things is us getting back to a defensive mindset, defensive oriented roster. And having a proper defensive anchor goes a long fucking way, especially in Tibbs' system. I think Miles Turner would would be that for us, and he would compliment us offensively. But what's your take on the whole Miles Turner noise? It just how about let's, let's talk about Mitch because something just happened today on social media. But let's bring up Miles Turner first. What's your thoughts on the player and us pursuing him, and just us being connected to him once again? Right. I, I like the little breakdown you did about Mitch, the way we thought of him before, and now kind of what his viewpoint is from the from the eyes of a fan and you know contract season he's not he's not playing as well as he should be he's played better in previous seasons uh than he is right now but some of it you can chalk up to his weight gain and just getting used to his body but at this point I think we're a quarter into the season and we're not seeing that maturity both on the court and off the court 
you know, you're alluding to it just now. He put out a tweet that, what was it? He's like, the in-game was plus minus six, right? And, <laughs> you know, you could you, you could think about either he's talking about himself or he's talking about Obi. I don't know. They're both plus, you know, a plus minus six uh, on the box score. Uh, he was definitely talking about himself. He said yeah, he yeah, impacted it, the game. Exactly. Come on, so, Mitch. He was, uh, you know, coming off the bench. He was start. He was a starter for a while. He had he admitted to getting gassed out in the first couple of minutes of while he was starting. So Tibbs made the switch, got him coming off the bench, and now, you know, clearly he is feeling like he shouldn't be traded. I'm sure he he knows he's in the trade talks. When it comes to Miles Turner, I think that guy is everything Mitch is right now, plus a three point shot uh, at a mm. higher price tag. And I think that price tag kind of plays an important role here. Would I do the trade for what you just said? You know, Mitch, Knox, Kemba, a couple of picks that are protected and the Charlotte pick. Uh, one, one pick, one Knicks pick that's protected and a Charlotte pick. I would, I, I would do that trade. But, and hear me out on this, I think Mitch still has that long-term potential that we think he does. And I think the Knicks have to start out with de- defensive identity to get back on track. And the other position that we're still not too, you know, solid on right now is a point guard position. So for me, I, I, I'm keeping a close eye on Malcolm Brogdon. I think mm. he's a name that no one's really talking about. For some reason, everyone's looking in on the center position, but we already have Mitchell Robinson for it. And next season, because of this play, he's not going to be expensive. We could get him on a pretty cheap and valuable contract next season. And we can always expect him to get better and better because he's still like 22, 23. So he can still, if he's, if he's Mitchell Robinson that he's always been just, but can stay on the court and just mature up. That's, that's solid. That that's a defensive anchor right there. Not maybe not an all-star level, but at the end of the day, a defensive anchor. But if we get Malcolm Brockton, who at the one is an, is an excellent defensive player who can get these players to stop shooting threes. We saw we saw the first quarter of last night's game. Three after three after three, the Knicks were down 20 points against the Raptors. Malcolm Brogdon can help with that. He's also an excellent shooter. I'm looking at stats right now. He's not doing too well from the three, but his free throw percentage is always high. It's always over 90%. And he, he always has that 50-40-90 potential. He, he does, he's averaging about six assists, over five rebounds. He gets, he gets rebounds as a guard. And his price tag is about the same as Miles Turner, almost exactly the same. I think he's about five million more, but their contract is up on uh, in 2023. So they they both basically have the same kind of timeline. Uh, as far as trade packages for Malcolm Brogdon, that that one's the tough part. I'm not really sure at this moment who I'd give up. But you know, what do you think of Brogdon as as a yeah, trade? Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say before we even get into the packages, I do want to because I like Brogdon the player too, and he was name was so. That press release, quote unquote, it wasn't an actual press release. It was like an athletic article saying, oh, Pace is about to blow it up. I think it was Shams that, like, broke the news. And the top three names were Sabonis, Turner, and Lavert. But, obviously, Brogdon is on there. So, like, obviously, he caught everybody's eye. He's probably their best player. My only thing is he would cost more. And a lot of it, if you're going to go for Brogdon over Turner, that's just, like, to your point, it's a show of some kind of faith in Mitch. And I don't think... As much as faith that I would want to place on Mitch, I don't think the front office feels that way. And it, their biggest tell was this summer when they didn't even really engage in substantial contract talks with him. You know what I mean? And then this season is kind of playing out as as I kind of proof why they didn't even really pursue extensions because it was always the worst case scenario. You're seeing some of the off the court maturity shit. Um, 
he's that he put way too much weight on. He looks slow and sluggish out there. He was like a freaky, long limb, athletic presence that like, you know, Obi overtook him as far as like the overwhelming athletic presence in the game because it always used to be Mitz doing some crazy like shit like that in a game that would just be like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Now it's Obi because Mitch, he put on too much weight. He looks slow and sluggish out there. Like we thought one of his biggest skills that would, you know, had us optimistic about his you know, kind of potential as a defensive anchor and even as a defensive player of the year contender was how laterally he was able to keep up with perimeter players and be able to block three-point shots. He Now it just looks like I get exhausted and winded watching him try to close out on three-point shooters when he's, like, hunkered down in the paint. You know what I mean? And I still have faith in him, but, like, my point was just, like, I, don't, I think eventually he— you know, he's going to reach his potential, but not with us because this is the year and this is his contract year. And then on on top of the fact that we paid Noel, we just found a diamond in the rough in Jericho Sims. We still got Taj. I just feel like the the front office as a whole, they were right in. I mean, obviously we can't speak for what they're actually thinking, but they were right in their, their inaction spoke volumes, you know what I mean? The very fact that they didn't prioritize keeping Mitch and re-signing Mitch said a lot, and now I feel like they're being proven right. And now it's like, yeah, Mitch's value is down. You don't want to like sell off an asset, quote-unquote, at its lowest, but that's why I would pursue Turner because he's at, what, 26, 27. He's at the age where... You know, the, the cliche is big men mature slower all the time. T- Turner's at the age where, like, he's, like, kind of reaching his prime, similar to how Julius was, like, a year or two ago. And I feel like offensively the fit is there, and it's more about defense than anything because, like, despite all the drama of the season so far and the disappointment, we're still closer to top 10 in offense than we are to top 10 in defense by far, bro. Our defense is god-awful. And I feel like having Turner there... It, it allows confidence in our perimeter defenders. It allows better communication because Turner has a proven track record of being an anchor on successful defensive teams. Say what you will about Mitch. He's shown, like, you know, we, we was always one of those people that showed up, like, his on-off numbers, his, like, per 36 numbers and the kind of impact he would have in his, you know, younger years. But Turner actually has several years of being a defensive anchor on a playoff team. You know what I mean? So, like, that's part of it as well. Like, he'll come in and he'll make, everybody else's job easier on that end of the court and I feel like bro just watch our centers man like Taj Gibson to this day his old ass is still our most offensively skilled and useful center now just with the way Mitch is kind of downgraded in that regard because we used to talk or at least I used to talk about like his vertical spacing that that shit is nearly gone now bro because now like there was especially the last few games bro I swear I was getting like some weird PTSD he would catch the ball in the paint and like he would go back down with it and then either get stripped or fouled or, like, fuck up the layup or whatever, you know what I mean? And when he gets fouled, I have no confidence in him making the shot. But it was bringing back fucking PTSD of, like, watching Kendrick Perkins in his prime, bro. <laughs> like, they would just <laughs> toss him the ball in the paint and it would be like, oh, no. He's going to go back down with it, try to balance it, he gets stripped, or he's going to be in an ugly-ass position. Before, we didn't have to worry about that with Mitch. It would be just like, throw that bitch up, he'll just slam it down, you know what I mean? Like... I don't know, bro. I feel like I don't want to say I'm ready to wash my hands of Mitch because I was one of his biggest enthusiasts, but I think Miles Turner seems to be the right uh, target, at least from my perspective right now, and I would prefer him over Brogdon. Even though Brogdon is a better player, I think for our roster, Turner is the guy. If if your reason for Turner is because Mitch right now isn't playing too well, which that's the way it sounds to me, 
What if I throw yeah, I mean, out... none of our centers are really paying well, to be honest with you. So we've what... got to upgrade that hole. What if I throw a crazy idea out? Mitchell Robinson loses weight. He gain... would, would weight that... gain, it could be weight loss. But would that... But healthy, healthy weight loss. Yeah, but it's just also just like we're relying... It's another if with Mitch that comes out to it. My point is, like, I dig it, the idea of an if, like, potential. But this is literally his contract year, bro. It's like we're a quarter of the way through the season. This team obviously considers itself in a in a consistently competitive scenario since Leon took, took them over. I don't think there's any uh, desire for them to keep Mitch here long term, and that's just that's weighing uh, heavy on my kind of Mitch versus Miles kind of uh, comparison, especially just given the fact what we've seen from Mitch. Bro, my biggest thing that was preventing me from saying like, "Yo, just just throw Mitch in the deal for Miles Turner" is because of his potential. And now it's coming to a point where it's just like waiting on him is a detriment to the team now. There's a reason he got benched, bro. And like, yeah, he came out after that bench and he looked better. That was like, what, I guess the Spurs, right? Mm -hmm. RJ had a show that party. Mitch went to the bench. He came out and he was looking better than he ever has. But the very fact that like he lost his starting spot, um, he's playing, he's exactly like a dickhead off the court. Because that, that, that fucking post or whatever, he said his plus minus, he impacted the game. That pissed me off too. Like, you don't hear about shit like that from Miles Turner. In fact, like, the, what I remember social media wise from Turner is just like he had a funny tweet when uh, PG got traded, like, in 2017. It was very, it was like, it was like, a, it was a surprise, like, Chihuahua dog. And I was like, ah, <laughs> Miles Turner, you and your gifts. That, that's what we know you for. <laughs> um, but no, that's just my take. Just, yeah. I don't know, bro. I'm, I'm not it even... may sound like I'm, like, fed up with Mitch, but it, I'm almost, I almost am, you know? I'm not, I'm not against. You know, trading Mitch for Miles Turner. I'm not against getting Miles Turner. I just think that Mitchell Robinson is young enough where we could invest him, and it would be a low risk, high reward kind of contract signing. Where we'll get him at a cheap, we'll get him at a discount because he's not playing well. But we know, we've always known he has that capability of being in the running for Defensive Player of the Year, and I don't think that's changed. At, at least me personally, I don't think that's changed. I think he, he just needs to... He looks so far from a Defensive Player of the Year candidate this season. Right now, but we I'm talking about last year. I'm talking about two years ago, even. Yeah, could, but even He like, could lose that, weight. That's that's the thing, but when we were talking about his potential, that was like, all right, he was a part-time player coming off the bench, and this was the exact year where he needed him to cash in substantially on his potential when he's like, oh, yo, it's set up for Mitch to be that guy. He's going to be the starter. Noel got paid backup money. Taj is old. We have a second-round pick. It's all. It was all set up for Mitch to kind of come in this season, be that, quote-unquote, that guy. And I feel like he took a step back. And, like, yeah, he could lose weight and stuff, but are you counting on that? Are you willing to invest multiple years as as a franchise for him to, be, to lock down that spot? Or would you rather get a proven commodity in Turner who still has some upside himself left and I don't think he has much money left beyond in his contract, but I'm just saying, like, Miles Turner for a year or two, considering the price, I feel like I would take that over, you know, fingers crossed Mitch becomes what we hoped for him to become because I'm also looking at Jericho Sims, bro. Just think about the, the kind of transformation we've seen from him in a short period of time, going from, like, summer league to now. And that's him with the same coaching staff that Mitch has been with for the last two years. You know right. what I mean? Now, and we what have if, Sims for the next couple of years. Yeah, God. What if, what if you don't have to trade Mitch for Miles, but you could also trade Mitch for Brogdon? B 
because the Pacers are going to have a lot of moving pieces. Just It doesn't have to be position for position. They could trade Turner to someone else and get – or they could trade Turner for a point guard with another team and get that get that shuffling going. It doesn't have to be Mitch for Miles or nothing. It could be Mitch for yeah, Brogdon. But, and while we still yeah, have Jericho Sims and Taj, and, lot, we still have Noel, Taj, and Jericho Sims there. Yeah, but who are we giving up for Brogdon? And then two, like – Mitch. What, same, same package. Yeah, but, yeah, but look at Brogdon's contract. It's he has a bigger contract than Miles Turner, and Not by much. I think he's a better. It's about yeah, the same. but he's twenty-one yeah, million versus point, twenty million. Yeah, but he is. So did he need to sign an extension? I thought it was just about the same from what I just saw. But point being, though, Brogdon is I feel like a better commodity than Turner, but hence he would cost more, and that same package wouldn't get you Brogdon that it would get Turner, and two. Brogdon doesn't solve the defensive issues. You know what I mean? Like, because at the end of the day, if we're talking about the offense, the offense, whatever, say what you will, taking Kemba out of the lineup, our numbers still were never super putrid. Like, yeah, we had top five expectations, but our offense still generally is performing a lot better than our defense statistically. And if you are disappointed in the offense in, a, in, in some way or another, aside from Kemba, it's aside from Kemba, it's literally like the regression that we're seeing from Julius and RJ. Brogdon's not going to fix them too. You know what I mean? So it just doesn't make any sense for me to like, at least from my perspective, to prioritize Brogdon over Mitch or Brogdon over Turner because... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me to prioritize Brogdon over Turner. That's basically all it is because it's it's going to be a tougher haul to get him. And two, I don't know. It just seems like it's it's a fool's errand because I don't even think the Indiana wants to trade Brogdon. You know what I mean? Because the, the specific names listed out, and I don't think Brogdon was on any of them. You know? I could have swore I saw him. At least that's my take. <clears throat> all right. Um, was he? He's, I, I thought I saw his face. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, yeah, his salary, timeline. his salary is 21.2 mil while Turner is 20 mil. So they're, they're just about the same. Yeah, but. Are you, I feel like you're coming with a false assumption that it would be the similar price. That's the thing. I don't think it would no, be a similar that's price. Fair. You know? Because what do we have that Indiana would want? Because it's one thing to offer a package for Turner because I feel like that package we would offer would fit con- their roster better than whatever we would offer Brockton. Because to me, I'm looking at it as like, especially contract-wise, like say we do Mitch, was it Kemba, Knox, for Brogdon, they would have Mitch, Turner, and Sabonis. Well, uh, you know no, no. I mean? I'm also assuming that they're going to be facilitating multiple trades, not just one with the Knicks. They're going to be they're, – they're basically, the way it was put out, they're trying to rebuild the whole roster. They're down to give up everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. in multiple trades with different teams, not just one. But then if we if – we, I figure we'd have to give up more picks for Brogdon than we would for Turner, and then I feel like our front office wouldn't want to do that because they're obviously – like trying to like hoard picks for the the big fish, and I feel like that's 
that's part of my rationale of prioritizing Turner because I would I think it would cost less than any other move Big Fish movie would try to make, and it would make us competitive in the short term to make us uh, that would set us set us up better for the next quote unquote big move we'd be trying to pursue. You know what I mean? That's fair. But I mean we. I mean, we can move off the the, the Turner conversation. I just feel like it's uh, at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I was just throwing out. I, I think I might like Brogdon more if it's the same package. But no, I, I'm not trying to give up more picks for Brogdon, who's 29 years old right now, and have him for three, you know, three four more years. Um, but no, it, ultimately, I think we're both on the same page. Turner's good if it means trading Mitch and not too many picks and getting rid of like the guys who are at the bottom of our bench. I don't know if the trade like that will work. I think paces the paces will probably get much better offers than that, um, but now I'm with it. I mean, yeah, I mean we could go kind of just just staying on that topic of just like reorienting the roster though. This is a question I wanted to ask after like the last couple games, especially. But did we bench Kemba too soon, bro? Like I know we're kind of pivoting from trade talks to just back to what ails us as a roster right now, but. Do you think that was a premature move? Because I've been seeing a lot of that on Nick's Twitter. Especially, I mean, how could you not see it? Just given the fact that who Kemba is, we, our franchise sold that homecoming narrative so hard that people would be feeling a type of way with him being benched. But that brings to mind this question: Do you think we were premature benching him? Do you think no? We things will be much different with him in the lineup right now. I, I think the logic was sound, and a couple of games later, I still think the logic is sound. I think. The biggest issue with Kemba outside of his defense was that the team just couldn't get into rhythm uh, with him on the court because no one really knew what Randall's position was, and he's a focal point of the team. Is he if is he controlling the ball or is Kemba doing it? It it, it just it just wasn't clean. So benching benching Kemba, I I think made sense. I think putting you know taking him from the bench and limiting his minutes to like fifteen minutes a game might have hurt him more, maybe because. No, actually, maybe not. I, I, completely out of the rotation, I don't know if I'd agree with that 100%. Maybe I would have kept him on the bench and let Rose start and then let Kemba do what Rose was doing just with the bench. I think that, that would have been fine. But, why, you know, I don't think it would have made that much of an impact keeping him on the court. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just want to get your take on it because I just feel like I just folks just being salty because it's Kemba, you know. Mr. Mr. Bronx and just they bought into the narrative and the hype that like we all did that like he was going to be he's a former all-star that's going to complement our current all-star you know what I mean he's going to be part of that like feel good story but no I feel you just in that like I don't know I feel like if he was in the lineup it wouldn't have fixed the defense at all and it would have brought up the same point Tibbs made when he when this move you know was actually when it was first announced he was like you can't play three guards three small guards together especially given who Tibbs is. He's a defensive-oriented guy. So, yeah, you got Rose, you got IQ. So I think it was worth a shot. Like, I didn't want to dig up this whole Kemba conversation again, but it came up. I saw some people, like, you know, um, talk about, like, maybe we did it too soon. I don't think Burks being a starter contributed to our losses. I just feel like what plagues this team is systemic, you know, Defensive effort, defensive consistency is the biggest thing. Um, I attributed that to just not having a proper defensive anchor at the, at this stage. Noel, 
He looked a lot better last year, especially filling in for Mitch. But it's just like he's not physically right this year, and that's I feel like that's just who Noel is always gonna be. He's just he's always gonna be tic tacky, like uh, you know what I mean, like getting hurt and banged up. So it that's not a surprise. Jericho Sims, I I don't think any of us expected for us to rely on him this season. So I'm not gonna wish that he could get more time right now. I just feel like looking at the roster as a whole, bro. I don't think Kemba. I think Kemba was part of a problem, and we addressed it. But just because we addressed one problem doesn't mean that it was going to be the solution to everything. And I feel like the people that are upset or even, like, uh, disrespected on Kemba's behalf, I just feel like that's the part they're missing. We addressed an issue. You know what I mean? Like, just because, like, uh, like, we replaced a broken window, that don't mean our foundation is, like, steady, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. in a house. to You know what I mean? To go all home improvement on you real quick right there. (laughs) <laughs> but because it's obviously our foundation got mold, bro. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's that's some A one uh, home improvement comparison. That's what I mean, bro. You get some coffee on a Saturday morning, shit, shit just gets flying. And Tim the Tool Man Taylor over here, just <laughs> that show was weird. Remember his nosy neighbor? You remember what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, home improvement. Yeah, the one whose face <laughs> they never show. Yeah, like. What was up with that guy? I, I don't he's know. A pedophile, probably. Um, so I mean, he's dead now. Is there anything so else? I guess anyway. as far as oh, yo, rest in peace, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, damn, fucked up out there. Fuck Tim Tim Allen though. He's like a he's a little MAGA mascot. So fuck him. <laughs> Have you heard about that, Tim <laughs> no, Allen? Of all I, people, I didn't know that. This man played. This man played Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Fuck. I ruined my tra- childhood. Tragic situation all around. But um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm willing to move off of Kemba right now, but just looking at the roster right now, I feel like right now it's like we're amateur doctors trying to diagnose like a fucking a patient with the plague right now. And that's kind of gassing up the situation we're in. We're only two games under 500, but like if you were Tibbs right now, what would be your next like change to the lineup, change to the rotation? Easy. No, no trades. Let's just say no trades, no nothing. Just like looking at it top to bottom right now, what are you doing? Easy. Give Obi Toppin more minutes. All right, let me follow up with you then. So who's getting less minutes? Who's getting out of the rotation? How you? F- let me see the last game. Give me one second. Because I hear people say that all the time, and I dig it 1,000%. Pay top in more minutes, but I feel like it's tricky given the roster we have. But as a point of ex- emphasis, last night when Toppin was taken out by Tibbs late in the game, I wouldn't have done that personally. So I'm with you on that. Toppin just generally needs to, Obi just generally needs to play more. But when we say, like, play him more minutes, are we talking about, like, yo, let's just go full-time small ball, Julius at the five, Obi at the four, and just fuck it? Why like, not, right? Rory I mean, bench Mitch. The Pacers game where they got blown out, Todd played almost 18 minutes, Mitch played almost 20 minutes, and Obi Toppin played under 20 minutes. I think yesterday was the first time he played more than 20 minutes in a number of games. He played about 23 minutes, but he was taken out. <clears throat> he was taken out uh, – Close to the end of the fourth quarter, after they made, you know, he was keeping them afloat and kept the game close, and then Tips, tips took him out. Um, I mean, just looking at the minute distribution last night, D Rose playing 33 minutes, Burks played almost 37 minutes and scored one point last night. Alec Burks scored one point last night in 37 minutes. What the fuck? Mm. I didn't, I didn't mm. realize mm. that he was over mm. seven. Um, I mean. Fournier doesn't need to play all the minutes that he's playing, especially since he's not. He hasn't been too. He hasn't been effective 
almost at all this game. He, he, he makes a couple of nice shots. Defensively, he's horrible. Um, and Noel, I think I think he's not. He doesn't look right. Chris Boucher was like posting him up. That guy is like a stick. You know what I mean? And he was he yeah, was yeah. posting up Nerlens Noel and was looking like Hakeem Olajuwon against you know whoever the fuck was playing in that era who was skinny like <laughs> Nerlens Noel. <laughs> whatever, whatever, I was whatever comparison. You. I was like, right, where's he going with this? Uh, I, 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 I going to turn into Chris Dudley slanders. <laughs> Noel, like, Noel yeah. isn't right. He needs more time to to get back into shape and let Obi Toppin play his play his minutes. Um, like he's he's looking like a top three Knicks player right now. Especially That's... with Randall not playing the way he should be. RJ had a good game against the Spurs and followed up with you know a, a shitty game against the Pacers. Uh, he was minus twenty five in that game. Randall's minus twenty two. Give give Obi some of Randall's minutes. Fuck it. I mean, if he's our if he's our top superstar and not playing the way he should be playing and is overall a minus on the team, give Obi some of his minutes. I feel you. I mean, if we're thinking radical right now, I'm just trying to like remove myself from any hint of objectivity because I'm thinking like if I was playing two K with this roster, I'd do exactly like just Julius Obi. Um, Burks, RJ, and IQ. That's my starting five. I'd I'd move Fournier to the bench because I brought this up in a loop. I mean, before the Kemba news came out and it was like a bombshell. I was I was saying on our pod like, yo, just move Fournier to the bench and just put Burks in his spot, you know. So, and I was already bringing that up back then because for a reason that like we've seen it before where big money contract guys, you know, their team moves them to the bench and they have a role there, you know. I brought up a few examples from last season, but yeah, move Fournier to the bench. You got Rose, Fournier, and let's say Noel, or no, not Noel, Mitch off the bench. Let Noel get right. Who would be the ninth man there? Where's, I don't know. Where are you putting Grimes. Burks then? If you said IQ, RJ. Burks, IQ, RJ, Burks, okay. OB, Randall. Gotcha. We're doing our death lineup in the five. All five, that starting five of experience playing together since last year. To your point, Obi's looking like a top three Knicks player. Um, RJ, I've noticed, especially over the last few games, he plays. Be- he, we've said this for a couple years now. He plays better when we play fast. Mm-hmm. He's he's a downhill player that his lack of kind of explosiveness is not as flagrant when he's not in a half court setting. When he's moving, you know what I mean, like a locomotive, and he plays better with the bench units anyway. Um, Julius, he's he'll still be the guy, quote unquote, in that kind of lineup. He'll be able to do his little mellow impersonation, or what have you. Burks is a hooper, like you like to say, he's a plug and play. So he'll be over there. He could be bringing the ball up when IQ kind of is getting too much pressure or whatever. But I just like that that kind of starting five. And off the bench, I was saying D Rose, Fournier, Mitch, who your ninth man will be there at that point. Grimes, give the kid some burn, let Noel sit on the bench, kind of like get better. But that's me looking at it radically from a 2K perspective. Tibbs has obviously forgotten more basketball than you and I will ever pick up in our lifetimes. You know what I mean? We could just we could become basketball monks living in the mountains trying to like study that shit. We'll never know as much as Tibbs. So that's I got mad respect for the dude. All that being said, he's never going to go with something that radical. He's always going to want like a big center there. Hence a Miles Turner trade. I feel it in my bones, bro. I think it's going to happen. Um, if not Miles Turner, it's going to be for a center, I think, this, this season. I don't know who. I've been so fixated on Turner. But I just feel like the team is in, you know, with December 15, four days away and contracts being movable. I think we're going to be seeing a deal 
and I'm thinking it's gonna be Turner. But um, all that being said, we we, we talked about our fantasy lineups real quick before we uh, obviously close out for the day. We got the Bucks coming up. Nick is gonna be in the building. Mm-hmm. Is, is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, yes, sir. So like, if you catch my boy Mo out there, you know what I mean? Hit him up. Obviously, uh, hopefully he'll be decked down in a. Uh, some Nickish attire, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We got That's we got right. some things cooking. Y'all can check out our Instagram. But uh, real quick, since you're gonna be in the building, I'm not even gonna ask you if you think we're gonna win. But God, I hope we are so. playing the Bucks, <laughs> the reigning champs. Yeah, very depressing. So, <laughs> a noon on a Sunday, bro? Hell no. Um, at least plenty of time when it's, if we if we do get Molly Wapped, you go to a bar right after it's get hammered, bro. <laughs> I highly recommend that. But uh. Yeah, do you think like we could pull out the victory? Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, the Knicks beat them earlier in the season, and that's it, right? They beat them once in the last couple of months. Why can't they beat them again? The Knicks, I think, are at least this season have not been good in Sunday afternoon games. They they come in looking lethargic. I'm kind of hoping, you know, when we go in to that game, that we don't see them, you know, fumbling it from the from the first quarter because this isn't the Raptors team. If you fumble it from the first quarter, you're not coming back. You're down 20 with the Bucks. You're going to be down 30 by the end of the game. You know what I mean? Technically, this season when we did beat them, we came back down. Oh, like shit. I stand corrected. Down. Never mind. <laughs> we good. Also, my bad in that, like, I started off literally saying, I'm not going to ask you if we're going to win, and then that's literally what I asked you. My question was, <laughs> was going to be, do you think that Mitch makes us eat our words in this game, and like this whole episode is null and void. He'll come out and he'll just be like playing like a fucking demon. Let's fucking hope so. That's gonna happen. I, all right, all right. Uh, I mean, if he comes off the bench, I think there's a solid shot that he does that because we saw it. He, he did a couple of games ago against the Spurs. I'm hoping he does it, you know, this lineup. Do you, do you know who's the backup center for the Bucks? They just signed Boogie Cousins. Oh, huh? I mean. Shit, I think he's been getting playing time because yeah, uh, Brooke Lopez just had uh back surgery. So, yo, shit, Milwaukee, if y'all listening, Coach Bud, I know he listens to this podcast. <laughs> Obviously, we inspired him to like turn into like a Hall of Fame coaching performance over the finals. Anyway, I know he's listening. Y'all lost Brooke Lopez for a season. Boogie Cousins is washed, and I love Boogie. So, we have a lightly used Nor- Nerlens Noel. You know what I mean? If you want to throw some second round picks, something like that, we'll send him your way. You know what I mean? Get that taken care of. What do you think? What do you want? You want Boogie or Brooke? No, I'm saying we'll give them Noel. They give us some second round picks. Or shit, we'll give them Mitch. We'll give them Kemba. We'll give us Drew Holiday. Even Steven. They need a center, bro. They they. That's what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> they lost Brooke Lopez. They need that big, that big center, that presence. So if they give us Drew Holiday, it's, it's, uh, even Steven. You know what I mean? Just throwing Chris Millen yeah. as a sweetener. You know. Oh like, yeah. Make it make it like even. The, for us. <laughs> Yeah, like some, like some garnish on a nice delicacy. Yeah, a little, some sprinkle of Chris Middleton. I mean, why not? Give us two out of your big three. We'll give you Mitch, Kemba, Kevin Knox. He's He likes Fortnite. I'm sure he'll, <laughs> you, you guys will love that. <laughs> you guys get the, get the youth demographic in your arena. You see? Show them your Fortnite suit, Kevin. <laughs> like when your parents make you do like a little dance when you're a kid <laughs> in front of the guests. Show them, Kevin. <laughs> Anyway, All right, la- guess, last question. Good to close it out. <laughs> Are the Knicks taking the W tomorrow against the Bucks? Are we? Objectively, uh, nah. Okay, fair. Objectively, nah. I, th- I think we're. I think rock bottom is in our sights. I said this alluded to in the previous episode. I think rock bottom is in our sights, but we're not there yet. 
So you know who they play after the Bucks, right? Yeah, the Warriors. That's even that's scarier I mean. than the Rock, That's what I mean. Rock, like, you know how they say, like in the in your car, they say objects and mirror are closer than they appear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like rock bottom is closer than it mm-hmm. appears, and it's coming. Mm-hmm. We got the Bucks and the Warriors. Steph Curry's about to break the record at MSG. We'll be losing by forty. He's gonna be doing the shimmy, and we're gonna all want to like jump off a cliff. And Dolan will be wait. will be so much richer <laughs> after that game. The lowest price ticket of that Warriors game is like one seventy. It's insane, bro. What? Not, no, no. Sorry, bro. might even be two hundred with like all the fees and shit that come with it. The lowest That's ticket. Crazy. If you want to be all the way at the top at the nosebleeds, two hundred dollars a ticket to see to see Steph Curry shit all over your team. I fucking hate. I love Steph, but I hate the fact that like they literally. I saw an article strategically. They're like they were gonna rest him in the last game so that like he would break the record at MSG. I was like, month. We're that team now, bro. I think I was just praying by now we'd be good enough where like these little novelty moments, we could we could you know tangibly pose a threat to him. Now it's like no, <laughs> these legends pull up. They're like, all right, I have this X Y Z accolade I need to achieve tonight. We're in the garden. Let's do it. You know what I mean? And the Knicks are just like kind of spectators. They're going to let it happen. Because if this is the 90s, we, Steph Curry would be thrown into the first row. For real. You know I mean? <laughs> trying to break a record. but It's um, easy to win at MSG yeah, these man. days. Yeah, I mean, note of optimism for our listeners as we sign off. <laughs> just know that rock bottom is not here yet. It's still there. It, it, it's, it's looming. <laughs> that's, that's the optimism I'll leave leave them with right now (laughs) all right uh we appreciate you guys checking out this episode of nickish make sure you follow us on instagram and twitter at nickish show make sure you subscribe to our podcast on all podcasting platforms and tune in for our upcoming episodes this week uh we're likely going to be live on the nbk network after the warriors game so make sure you tune in for that uh until next time everyone take care peace peace